Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and I want to go right to the phone. And uh, joining us is Mr. Nate Zelensky. Good morning, Nate. Morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great, and I know you have a special guest, but I'm going to ask him to hold on for about 30 seconds because I've been following some stuff on Facebook, and looks to me like uh, two little Zelenskys are starting to overtake Dad in the hunting department. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Terry. Last week, uh, probably one of the most incredible experiences of my life. You, you know as well as all our listeners, I am diehard hunter, and uh, you know I, I fish and hunt, but hunting's probably one of the the biggest passions of my life and I didn't think it could ever get any better than some of the experiences I've had but watching your two young kids experience uh their first harvest is, is unbelievable they passed hunter safety at 7:05 p.m on Friday night uh we went and got turkey licenses and uh Lane harvested his first turkey at 6 40 a.m on Saturday and Lauren's just slightly before 9 a.m uh so yeah first time turkey Turkey hunters uh, had to hunt all of about three hours, and I can't even describe the experience. Now, you realize you've ruined their life now. <laughs> they, they've been a part of some pretty incredible hunts. I, uh, I can't wait till I turn them loose by themselves. We'll see what happens. <laughs> all right. Nate, you have a very special guest with you who's going to talk about a really special opportunity that's coming up. Why don't you introduce them and tell us about this event? Absolutely, Terry. You know, uh, I, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, number one, just because such an amazing event. Two, uh, to work with this particular gentleman. I think a lot of people listen to the Tightline Outdoors reports, updates, intel. Uh, there's no doubt I have spent my entire life on Chatfield. I know every rock. If there is anybody on this earth that knows Chatfield as well as me, it's this man. Uh, so a hardcore angler, a very talented angler, uh, and now doing some amazing things in the industry. Uh, so I am proud to introduce Mr. Chris Elwood uh, and to bring on to, to talk about this amazing event that he's hosting and taking charge of. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Appreciate it. <laughs> morning, Absolutely, Chris. You, uh, you are a fishing machine, and uh, on top of it, putting this together is absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. We're super excited to uh, take Nate's uh, tagline here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, announce our inaug inaugural event at Chatfield. We're going to hold it July 29th. Um, I've been involved a handful of times at the Horse Tooth Cash for Kids event, um, kind of partnering through my work at the Bureau of Reclamation, and just saw it as just an awesome, awesome event, and just felt that there was definitely a need to hold something like this in the metro area. Um, when, you, when you participate in this, you just kind of get your – heartstrings pulled and, and just want to partner with folks that are that are down here that also have the same mindset and uh, just want to put on a great event for these kids. I love it. So a million questions, and I know Terry and I both have questions for you, but number one, just walk us through what the event is. It's called CAST. Walk us through the, the concept of the event, what's involved, what's the goals, um, and this is one of those things that people can kind of spearhead uh, under the CAST organization. Uh, there's one that's been held up at Horsetooth Reservoir for many years. You are spearheading it down here on the Metro at Chatfield, but walk us through what the event is itself, what CAST is, uh, and then I have a million, million questions about how people get involved and just everything else. Awesome. Yeah, so CAST for Kids stands for Catch a Special Thrill. 
they're basically based out of Oregon is kind of where their headquarters are. They're a nonprofit organization and their mission is to give opportunities for kids with special needs or varying disabilities and their families and caregivers an opportunity to just have a relief, have a good day out on the water, kind of, you know, make their worries go away, if you will, um, and get an opportunity to go out fishing for the morning. Um, uh, CAST, it's got, I think, this year, 95 events in 31 different states. Um, Chat, uh, Colorado's got a handful, Horsetooth, Navajo, and now Chatfield. And uh, it's just a great event. Um, so basically, volunteers are going to take the kids out fishing for the morning. Um, they're going to get all kinds of swag. They'll get a free rod. They'll get a tackle box. We've uh, partnered with several sponsors very generously. The tackle boxes are going to be stuffed. Uh, they're going to have all kinds of stuff to go home with. Uh, we're going to partner them with lots of people that know Chatfield, maybe maybe better than me, <laughs> and take them out and uh, catch walleye, bass, trout, whatever they want to do. And uh, at the end of the day, they'll come back uh, about lunch. Uh, they get a free lunch, uh, and then there'll be a celebration. Uh, we're going to lean on Nate's services. He's going to MC the event. Uh, each of the kids are going to get to come forward tell a story, they get some more uh, parting gifts, and uh, we're just there to give them as good a day as we can. That uh, is Chris, so- I, have a, I, have a, I have a couple comments, Chris. First of all, uh, you, your flowering introduction by Nate, I don't know how you pulled that off. I've been trying for 20 <laughs> years to get him to say something nice about me, and he won't, so that was well done. <laughs> but, but now this is for special needs kids, is that right? That's right. That's right. Yep. That's the mission that they, they target, uh, the kids themselves. We're, you know, we're looking for kids that are ages about six through 18. Um, you know, we're anticipating any varying degree of ability and disability, uh, could be wheelchair bound and so on. So we'll, we'll get into the type of boaters that we're looking for, but you know, we're there to give them as, as special an event as we can. Go ahead, Nate. And then, yeah, so as far as uh, the general public, obviously we have a lot of people here. How, number one, do people get involved? So if you want to volunteer as a boater uh, or just a helper, because, you know, looking through things, obviously people that have boats that, that can provide that and that ability to get out, as well as people that don't have boats that can volunteer with other uh, needs for the day. So number one, what are you looking for for volunteers? And number two, how do they get a hold of you? And I will put everything on our Facebook page and such, but I want you to talk about what we need for volunteers. And then if anybody out there that has um, a young person with special needs or any disabilities, how do they get involved uh, to get, get their young person signed up? So those are the two biggest questions that I'd love to discuss right now on the air. Yeah, so the, the easiest thing to do is to go to castforkids.org, all spelled out, castforkids.org. Uh, their website's real easy to use. There's a tab that says find an event. Uh, it'll, it'll bring up a map of the country. It also has a pull down. You can select Colorado. It'll bring you right to the Chatfield event. Uh, on that page, it'll have both links to register as a participant and as a volunteer. And from a from a volunteer, well, let me go back to the kids. Uh, CAS kind of suggests to limit it to 40 uh, attendees, 40 kids and their families. Which right now, we're sitting at about a dozen, and we're only six days into registration, so we're super happy that we're already getting interest, and I'm sure we will from now till July. So we're looking for 40 kids and families. And then volunteers, you know, we're looking for upwards of 100 to 150 to put off a good event. Uh, we need an equal number of boaters. Uh, you know, we're targeting uh, larger boats that can facilitate uh, multiple folks. I know Nate's going to make his folks available. We've got other professional guides in the area. And then we're also getting uh, 
you know, some commitments from the Denver Bassmasters, a lot of the Colorado walleye tra- trail guys. But we're also looking for other boaters that have, you know, a setup that they feel would be suitable to take these kids out. So you go through the site, uh, you'll, you'll register there. And then for the shore volunteers, there's just all kinds of things, you know, the chaperones to make sure that they know where they're going, food service, making sure everybody's safe with loading the kids on and off the boat. So there's just lots of opportunities um, to, to participate in this event. I think that's so good. And, and, and it's, we talked about it on Facebook. So I threw the link up on Facebook this week and had a lot of people contact. And I think in so many of these type of events, people think that they have to be, uh, you know, have to have the boat or have to be super knowledgeable. This is one of those things that, you know, it literally takes a, a village to put together these events. So there, anybody that wants to volunteer, we have a spot for you. And I think that's the biggest thing to outreach. Um, so again, this is one of those things Share the word. We're going to have it on our Facebook page. We already posted it last week. We'll post it again. We're going to share it. But anybody listening to this, this is such a great event. Uh, I encourage everybody get involved. Share the post. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Let's get the entire community involved uh, to come out here and just make sure uh, make sure it's an awesome day. It's going to be in July uh, with the low shad population. You know, our shad will just start to come out by then. But we're like you said, we're going to have bass, walleye, trout. So you don't have to be specific. Uh, it's skill level as far as a boater goes uh volunteer your service and, and i think it's going to be awesome and one more time give us all those links and how people uh get a hold of us and get all that information again yep so the website again is castforkids.org it's going to have all the links to the event itself on that page it has my content contact information my cell number is 303-842-3951 there's also an email there that's for the event in particular uh, myself and my wife are, are monitoring that, and we'll provide any of the information that you need. Um, and I just one other thing I want to make mention of, this couldn't come together without, you know, some financial sponsors. Uh, there, there is some cost involved with making sure that the kids have what they need and, you know, we're able to put on a good lunch. And most of it's being covered by our local uh, hero sponsors, the Daniel Brothers Foundation. Uh, Ron Daniels is a, a local person, owned a business for a long, long time, unfortunately lost his son, Matt and Jeff. And uh, he's put a lot of money aside, and he, he's been funding these events and, and really is the one that's behind this that's making this all possible. So I just want to show my appreciation to them. Absolutely. Say that one more time. Uh, you know, Give out that contact information one more time for him and his thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, Ron Daniels, and it's the Daniels Brothers Foundation. Uh, they're okay. the one that are, are their local hero. We have lots of other uh, in-kind sponsors that we'll recognize during the event. And also we have the Pacific Seafood is the regional sponsor. And they kind of cover all the administrative costs through CAST kind of at the headquarters. So I just want to express my appreciation to all of them. Absolutely, Chris. This has been an awesome thing you're doing. And everybody listening, don't worry. We'll get you the contact information. We'll throw it on our Facebook page. Uh, anything else you want, uh, want to say about the event? And what's the date one more time? Yep, July 29th, uh, Chatfield Reservoir. We're going to run it out of the South Marina. That's awesome, Chris. We'll get everything posted up. Uh, I appreciate it. We'll have you on the show definitely before then one more time, and we'll talk about it. But get signed up. Get volunteered. Put that commitment on there, and uh, it's going to be a great day. All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to let Nate lie about fishing for a while now, so you don't have to listen to that. But <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but thanks, Chris. Great. I, I really appreciate it. I've been involved in several of these types of events, and they just pull at your heartstrings when, when you understand what the outdoors can mean for for anybody, but maybe somebody who has a little more struggles than the rest of us. It can it's always special. Thank you. So Nate, all right, yes sir, Mister Mister Zelinsky, 
I want to get some fishing information from you, but real quick, since you were successful, we predicted that May was going to be the best turkey hunting. Is it still good? I tell you what, Terry, I honestly, I hate to say it, I think we still even have another week to peak out, but it is good. Um, it's one of the slower starts to turkey that I've seen in many, many years. Um, I would say last week we hit it awesome. Um, I went and checked on some birds this week just to see how they were doing, and they were far more fired up uh, in the last two days than I've seen this whole season. So um, I think we're at one of those things that definitely, uh, by no means have we hit peak or passed it. Uh, if anything, we are approaching peak right now. So if you're a turkey hunter that has been unsuccessful and or have been thinking about giving up, do not do so. Get out there. Uh, as we start to have these hens starting to get bred, starting to nest, it is the time to get out there. The birds are more talkative. They're more callable. They're getting agitated. They're getting feisty. Um, Lane's bird came in, and uh, Lane was able to make the shot at nine yards as the bird was attacking the decoy. Um, I haven't had a turkey attack a decoy in so many years, and I don't know if I've ever had it in Colorado, uh, but the stars were shining on that little boy, and uh, those birds were fired up. So I think if you're a turkey hunter, by no means again, get out there, give it a try. Um, things are, are definitely heating up in the turkey woods, and they're far better than they have been over the last several weeks. Okay, we got a couple minutes left. What's going on fishing? It's going to be great weather. It's going to be a little stormy at times. Where should I be headed? You know, Terry, we got everything going on, so I'm just going to give everybody kind of like the quick 411. Antero Reservoir is open to boating. Um, we have fish kind of in more of a post-spawn. There's a few fish on the shoreline spawning, but a lot of post-spawn fish. So if you're near, like, the, the south boat dock, the inlet, you're still going to have some spawning fish. The fly anglers are doing very well on the post-spawn fish. They're still sitting slightly deep. The shallow water bite has not taken off yet. We're catching fish, but I would say right now we're putting mo more focus on that, like, 8 to 10 feet of water, slower presentations, getting that bait down about 6 feet. So, Antero, post-spawn fish, slightly deeper water. Spinny is shore angling and hand launch only. Um, there are so many spawning fish right now, it's been incredible. The shore bite uh, to the fly rod anglers and other anglers, you know, conventional tackle, um, that bite is producing a ton of giant fish. I think we'll see that spawn bite fade out in the next couple days. Uh, those fish will quickly recover to post-spawn. Warm temps will start seeing bug life, and we'll be off to the summer pattern at Spinny. Uh, 11 Mile opened um, yesterday to boating. Uh, really excited about it. They put a new wave break system in front of the North Shore, uh, making that North Shore a lot more usable and safer on those windy days. So really excited about the new wave break system at 11 Mile. Um, biggest thing at 11 Mile is the pike. We still have a handful of fish in spawn mode, uh, but most of the pike are entering post-spawn. It is a slow presentation. So huge fish. I mean, if you wanted a 40-inch pike, now is your time. But, you know, we are trolling stick baits, big minnow baits, but it's slow. One mile an hour, 1.2 miles an hour. The fish are in about 12 to 18 feet, and they're suspended about halfway down. But so many pike anglers were out there yesterday um, throwing spinnerbaits, working jerk baits, very active presentations, and those pike want the most boring technique possible. So fish slow, fish big baits, that's that trick. Chatfield continues to be on fire for walleyes, day, night, crankbaits, live baits. 
Uh, we're averaging about 150 fish a day right now. That bite on Cherry Creek's a little slower, but the quality of fish is incredible. Uh, Cherry Creek, we have fish up on the structure for your typical summer patterns, as well as that lead core bite in the basin. Uh, so a lot of opportunities there. And then on these nicer days, those bass are coming up shallow, and we're seeing a lot of bass activity. So you really can't go wrong fishing right now. Just really think about what you're doing uh, and cater all those individual fish's needs. You're going to have a great day in water. All right, my friend, a lot going on, and appreciate, yo, you know what, I appreciate, first of all, your involvement with your own family, and it, it warms my heart because it reminds me of my youth and growing up, but I appreciate what you give back to the community with things like cast and things, too, so thank you so much. Absolutely, Jared. We'll always do all we can. All right. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, Jack's Outdoors Gear is going to join us, and we're going to talk about uh, some fishing gear right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Speaking of Jack's Outdoor Gear, let's go to the phones, and joining us from Jack's is Mitchell Wood. Good morning, Mitchell. Good morning. How are you doing today, Terry? I'm doing great. The sun is shining. The weather's warming up. And uh, I think we've turned the corner and we're finally really into spring. Not that we couldn't get some bad weather, but uh, I don't think it's going to be as looming over us as it has been the last few months. And, you know, with that, Mitchell, a lot of people, we both know that a lot of people are already out fishing. There's a lot of fishing going on. But a lot of, especially beginners, but even seasoned anglers like to be comfortable. They've been waiting for the weather to warm up to either start walking the shorelines or getting their boats out. And over the past few years, since COVID, a lot of times by waiting, you weren't able to get the fishing gear that you wanted or maybe find bait or different types of things. Uh, those people that are wanting to get out now, you can really take care of my jacks, can't you? We definitely can. We're really well stocked and we see stuff coming in every day. Um, all of our shelves are pretty much full. So we've got a great selection down here and a price point that'll cover the entry level fishermen all the way up to the pro fishermen. We've got a lot of good choices, whether it be combos, whether it be lures to toss bait, whatever type of fishing that you prefer to do, we can definitely get you set up. Let's take people through some of the things you do there. I don't think a lot of people know that <clears throat> Jacks carries bait, and not only night crawlers, but minnows. What kind of bait do you carry at Jacks? Well, we've got dilly worms that go for three ninety nine a box. We've got twelve count night crawlers, twenty four count night crawlers, but we also carry medium shiners, large shiners, and fathead minnows when they're available. We usually always have the medium shiners and large shiners, and we've got a great price on them. Medium shiners go for three ninety nine dozen, and the large shiners go for five ninety nine a dozen. Now, is that at most jack stores, or is it specific to certain ones? That's at most jack stores, uh, with the exception of our exclusively ranch stores. All of our outdoor stores are going to carry a variety of live bait, and as we get into the summer months, we'll also start to carry leeches as well. Yeah, I've understood that leeches have been a little slow getting to the stores because of the heavy freeze up in Minnesota this year, and that should turn around. You know, another thing that gets neglected or 
isn't done properly when people start the season is we recommend, especially if you have monofilament, to change your fishing line or if you're buying new line, new gear, to have line put on it properly because if you're not if you're not experienced and don't know what you're doing, the line put on improperly can be really bad. You guys do a full service. Uh, not only you sell uh, a multitude of fishing lines, but you spool on a multitude also, don't you? We sure do, and that's a great point to make. I would recommend at least changing out your line once to twice per season as the monofilament will degrade in sunlight. And we can put that on. We can take off your old line so you don't even have to worry about taking your old line off. We can do that, and it all takes about five minutes per spool. Um, we've also got some other options. Uh, we've got monofilament at two to four cents per yard, which equates to about four to eight dollars per spool. But we've also got fluorocarbon and fireline for five to fourteen cents per yard. A little bit more, but it won't degrade like a monofilament will, and it'll last you a little bit longer in the season. Yeah, that's such a great price to get that because a lot of times people will buy a spool. And they don't know what size spool to buy, and then they don't know, should I put some backing under it, or they put too much, and then they have a, a good amount left on the spool, but not enough to re-spool anything. When you buy it spooled at the store, you just get the amount you need, and you get this line put on tight, and you get it put on to the right level. Overspooling a, a reel can be worse than underspooling it. Oh, I completely agree. And like you said, we put it on with a machine so it goes on tight, nice and uniform, and then you're ready to fish. It's one less thing that you have to worry about while you're out there on the water. So you can fish more, and it's one less thing that you worry about. And we've also got some really good combos on sale. Um, going from the beginner fisherman and even up to the pro fisherman that wants something a little bit nicer, we've got some quantum optics that go for thirty four ninety nine. If you're looking for something super durable or even for a kid that's kind of rough on their equipment, we've got some ugly stick combos with $59.95. And then if you're really wanting to upgrade to a really good combo, something that's going to last you a little bit longer, have a more sensitive rod with higher graphite content, we've got some great Fluger Fenwick combos that range anywhere from $69.99 up to $199.99. Well, I'll tell you what, those Fluger reels, uh, Fluger was the reels. I fished with Fluger reels. Fluger and Abel Garcia were my two reel sponsors when I did television. And I have fished with both their entry-level models all the way up to their high-end, very high-end models, which they make. And those Fluger reels, one of my favorites is the President. And that's a reel I wouldn't be afraid to fish a tournament with. It, it's in a really great price point. It's very smooth, and it, it'll last you. It'll last the average uh, casual anger y years. Absolutely. I've even got a president myself that I've had for well over 10 years, and it still functions great. So it's a great reel for the money. The reel itself goes for about fifty nine ninety nine. has 10 ball bearings. Super smooth reel. It'll last you years and years. And also kind of to uh, get off the topic of that, we've also got a great fly selection down here for the fly fishermen. Uh, price points go from 119 to 259 for most of your popular patterns, which is a phenomenal price, probably one of the best prices in town. And we carry Jackson Cardinal, Dreamcast, Solitude, Umqua, just an absolutely great selection on those as well. 
Yeah, you guys, I've been in your stores and your selection of flies. People, I don't think, sometimes think about jacks for flies. And you also have fly fishing combos and individual rods where you can take the fly fishermen and fully outfit them with really good gear at a reasonable price, but you can take them all the way up to the top end stuff too, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Whether you want to start with a starter kit from Reddington or Orvis, or even build your own combo. We can get you through that entire process and get you set up for what you want and what you need and the species that you're going to be fishing for. We've got a great selection when it comes to leaders, fly lines, uh, scientific angler, Rio, Umqua, all these great brands. And it's a relatively easy and fast way to get you all set up. The whole process usually takes about five to 10 minutes to set up a spool. We have just a couple minutes left. If you got some beginners coming in, they just want to go out and catch fish, what would you send them? How would you get them started? What would you tell them to go fish for? Well, one of the places I'd like to highly recommend is St. Brain State Park. There are nine different ponds to fish with a variety of different species in each one. It's well-maintained and heavily stocked throughout the year. And then a couple different reference websites that I would turn them on to. CPW's stocking report will tell you where these trout have been recently stocked. You've got the My CPW Fishing Report app, which will tell you about all the different bodies of water, fishexplorer.com and fishbrain. Those are some great reference sites to figure out where to go and have success for your first time going out. I think the stock trout are such a great opportunity because they tell you where they're putting and you know where they've just been put in. And they're kind of like the panfish that you get in the Midwest. Not that we don't have panfish here, but they're usually cooperative, especially after they're just stocked. You can catch a few no matter what level and you don't need complicated equipment. By the way, we take the fishing report, which one came out today, and we put it on Terry Wicksham Outdoors at Facebook. And in that fishing report, there's a link to the stocking report. So if you want to go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, you can get that fishing report and stocking report right now. Mitchell, we are out of time, but uh, if people want more information, all they have to do is stop by a jack store, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we can help out anyone. No matter what your skill level of fishing is, we can steer you in the right direction, get you the gear you need to have some success out out on the water there, so. All right, my friend, thank you. We'll talk to you again very soon. All right, thank you. Have a great day. You bet. Mitchell Wood. The guys at Jack's just want you to get out and have fun, just like we do on this show. Give them a chance. Stop by one of their stores. We're going to take a time out. We come back. Chad Lachance is going to join us, and he's going to talk about maybe uh, fly fishing for some species other than trout on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones and joining us as he does every couple weeks, Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm looking out of my window in Fort Collins at the sunshine. I imagine the Horse Tooth Reservoir is looking pretty inviting right now. Yeah, not too bad. You know, it's the springtime, and, of course, lakes get busy already this morning, but, uh, but yeah, it's coming around. I can tell it's spring because we got fresh oyster mushrooms popping on the stump, and so got to have some scrambled eggs with sautéed oyster mushrooms in them this morning. So, All uh, right, we're going to have to do some more. definitely here. 
Yeah, we're going to have to do some more cooking spots. People love them. You know, with this warm weather and the rain we're getting, the rivers are swelling. A lot of them are going to start to blow out. Uh, Not that there aren't going to be river opportunities to fish, but they're going to be limited. They're not going to be as much as they are during pre-runoff and afterwards. And uh, there's an opportunity, though, to keep fishing that I think a lot of fly anglers just don't take enough advantage of. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And as time has gone on, it's become more fun for me to, to fly fish for warm water fish than trout. And I originally took up fly fishing when I moved to Colorado because, you know, to, to catch trout. But these days I enjoy probably the warm water stuff more. And in fact, the largest fish that I caught all of last year, regardless of tackle, was on a fly rod, a big old giant pike, uh, almost 50 inch pike up in Alaska. So the warm water fly fishing is, a, is definitely a, a thing that, that's close to my heart, and it is something that is a huge opportunity for a lot of people, and it's easier than I think people realize. Uh, it doesn't require a lot of travel. doesn't require a bunch of fancy flies. You don't have to do much of anything. And in terms of specialized, if you're a trout guy, you probably have enough stuff to do it. And then on top of that, for me, this is the major part, Terry, is the thing I like about fly fishing is fly casting. I don't <clears> – <throat> excuse me, I enjoy – the act of casting a fly rod and therefore that's why i'm not much of a nymph and bobber kind of guy because that's not a fun rig to cast but throwing a you know a small streamer or even a reasonable size streamer uh on open flat water well now i can stretch it out and make some long casts and uh and i enjoy that that feel and the tactile sensation of casting fly rod so it can be really fun uh, could be anywhere from a three weight for, for bluegills and pumpkin seeds and green sunfish all the way up to a, maybe a nine weight for, for carp and everywhere in between. So you have, depending on how, you know, what kind of fly tackle you have and what your skill set is, you probably already have the tackle to do it. And like I said, you can do it anywhere from, from big reservoirs like here at Horsetooth to whatever pond is in your neighborhood area. And as you're, I'm sure quite certain, I rarely see guys out doing it and, uh, and they're missing the boat. Well, you know, I think what happens with fly anglers, and I, I've been preaching this for years, is they, whether it's warm water species or trout in still water, uh, most fly anglers grow up, they develop learning to fish the rivers, and they know how to read the seams in the river and where the fish are located, and then they use the river to make their presentation. I think they get a little bit intimidated when they don't have that current to help them and they, how they're going to find the fish and then what they have to give it some life because now most of the presentations are going to sit there, which can be all right sometimes, but now the river isn't going to make that for you. You have to visualize and give it some life. And you and I being also avid conventional fishermen, we're used to that concept. Uh, give us a few tips to help those people. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, your your concept of, of the river, even at, even at that, a lot of guys in the river are heavily conditioned to not move the fly. The fly can't move. It has to dead drift. And for sure, polar opposite on the surface of the water and or in the water, I should say. And, and it could be, for instance, that we'll start in the surface. Then. Let's say we're talking about bass, whether it be uh, bass in a pond or actually even bluegills uh, and bass. could be pond, largemouth or, or smallmouth horse tooth, you know, here at horse tooth. Uh, surface commotion can be your friend. So some fly on the surface, some, and, and it's not, you don't have to get hung up on matching a hatch. It could be a, a bright chartreuse little popper, but the, the commotion on the surface is what will draw fish to it. So uh, a little surface popper is one of my absolute favorite things to throw in the fly rod. 
something like a six weight with a with a maybe a, a number two popper on it is super fun. And really, it's about making ripples, right? So I throw the popper, pop it, and, and for me, I I will generally clamp the line with my with my finger against the rod and use the rod tip as the same as I would with a spin rod to make those little bloops because I'm not trying to get the, the fly to come closer to me. I'm only trying to make it make commotion on the surface or make ripples. So that's one thing that is a, a really good opportunity for people is just to make some ripples on the surface. The next one is speed as far as horizontal, which would be a stripping thing. And you can strip you know, you can change your cadence of your strip just like I would with a with a spinning rod where I maybe strip it short and fast, maybe big giant long pulls and slower. Uh, maybe I even tuck the rod under my hand, under my armpit, and do a two-handed strip like you see guys do in saltwater so they can keep the fly moving. But stripping it uh, is an excellent way to obviously generate bites from a lot of fish. And then the other one is, and this one gets lost most of the time, but it's just pure sink rate. And as you know, from the conventional standpoint, something that's just settling down through the water column very naturally is an excellent way to get bites. And the fly is set up for that perfectly. And that's probably my favorite all the way around. And basically, long story short, I use a fluorocarbon leader. I use a floating fly line. I use a fluorocarbon leader. And I use a fly that is weighted. Uh, And then when you strip, because the line is floating on the surface, the fly will come up. And then when you stop stripping or let go of the line, the fly, because of the, the, the weighting of the leader and the fly, will sink itself back down. And I don't put any extra weight on the line. I'd prefer to have a fly that is made out of materials that will sink uh, or at that very least won't float. And, uh, and then I like to have my weight right on my fly, again, because it's more fun to throw than if I have weight up and down the line. So the, the three basic ways to get fish to come get your, your offering in still water are surface commotion, a horizontal strip, or a vertical fall. You're absolutely right. And uh, that vertical fall is very much like using a, a feather or a marabou jig, as you and I would have done with a conventional rod. Almost all of when I first started fly fishing, which I took up later in life because I was an avid conventional fisherman, and I thought I needed to get weighted tip lines to fish lakes properly, and I did okay with that, but I was much more successful using the ten- techniques you've outlined and using a uh, floating fly line. And right now, spring is probably as good a time as any when these fish are more accessible from shore. Well, exactly, exactly right. And that's why I wanted to do this presentation or this, you know, this interview right now, because now is the time to do it. There's a ton of shallow fish of all kinds up and down the front range of Colorado. So, I mean, it almost doesn't even matter. Pick a species. They're going to be shallow and near the bank whether you're pond fishing or you're reservoir fishing or whatever. And, uh, and, and even at, even at ice out for the trout, I mean, I know we're not talking trout, but even ice out trout, again, you're going to have a bunch of them very shallow. So this is the time of year that's most um, effective for doing it. You can do it year round, but this is the time of year that it really excels. And it, one of my favorites is to run, run ponds around town and uh, with something like a three or a four weight and a small wet fly, and, uh, and just get after panfish, bluegills, crappies, green sunfish, pumpkin seeds, because they're super willing. And a little wet fly, uh, just a little soft tackle, partridge soft tackle, something like that, very, very easy. When it comes to flies for the bigger fish, maybe the bass and the walleyes, which we catch every year on fly tackle, I do a lot of that with clouser minnows. I have them custom tied so they're not made with bucktail, which historically a clouser minnow would be made. You know, I have some that Bob Clouser tied for me as a gift. They're made with bucktail. 
but bucktail floats, and therefore you have to have more weight to make it sink. So I have them tied with synthetic material that does not float, and therefore they sink easier, and therefore I don't have to have the fly be so heavy, and subsequently I get something that's more fun to cast. So, uh, and again, it comes down to me for the cast, and I love stretching out a 60, 80-foot cast with a you know, a little clouser on the end of it, stripping that thing back to the boat because that's a really fun way to catch fish or back to the bank as the case might be. All right. We only have about a minute or two left other than the fly fishing. How's the bite at horse tooth? We really haven't had any reports lately overall, no matter how you're fishing. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a little bit hit or miss and the fish are changing a lot. And when I say that, I mean, on one day I absolutely nuke them with a jerk bait and the next day they won't touch the jerk bait and they're on the crankbait. So, and they're also on their bikes. I mean, they're moving a lot because the lake's rising quickly and it's warming quickly. And so between the two, it's getting fish moving. Um, most of the fish are available to guys. The walleye bite has been all but non-existent during the daylight. Um, but the smallmouth and the trout are doing fairly well. And, uh, and guys can definitely go catch some fish right now. Pre-spawn water temperature, just a little under 60 degrees. Any other hot bites you know of? You know, pretty much everybody I've talked to is catching fish. Uh, Douglas, up, up on north end of town, Douglas Reservoir is kicking out a whole bunch of fish. Uh, for sure, saw guys and walleyes were both. I'm not sure guys are identifying those correctly, but uh, both are in there, and I think that's a good possibility for people. And, and the pond bite's just on fire all around. I mean, it doesn't pick a pond in town. They're, they're absolutely water temps are coming up so quickly that – uh, the ponds are on fire. So if you just want to catch some fish, go to a pond. If you're looking for something to eat, I'd probably fish late in the evening uh, looking for walleye, something like that. All right, my friend, we will talk to you in a couple weeks. And uh, think about a cooking segment again. We might need to do one. I'm all in, man. I sound great, Terry. I appreciate it very much. All right, you enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thanks, Terry. See ya. You bet. Chad Lachance, Fishful Thinker, always does... Uh, Always does a great job. You can find him at fishfultinker.com, fishfultinker on social media. Of course, he guides on horse tooth, and uh, his TV shows are airing on altitude. So check all that out. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up this week's edition. we got some topics I want to talk a little bit about that we're going to cover coming up, and then we'll see if Dan Jacobs is around or if he has any view on the Broncos draft. All that coming up after this time out on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to wrap up this week's edition. A couple things I want to mention. Blue Mesa is open for boating, and they're catching some big lake trout. We'll try to get updated information by next week for them, maybe get them on the show. But it's open for boating. Uh, Saratoga, Wyoming, that reservoir is being restocked. They had to poison it out because somebody illegally put perch in it. So pay attention to that. The weather is changing. We're going to see a lot of things. A lot of the fishing is going to just catch fire now, and it's going to be comfortable to be out there. But the rivers rivers will start to blow out, so you may want to turn your attention to some of the lakes. In addition, there will be river opportunities, but be very careful because of the rising water. Remember to follow us on Facebook. Karen just posted the CPW fishing report on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. So uh, right now that's in there. It also links to the stocking report. And also we put podcasts up there from this show. We put 
field reports when we're out and other information. So Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and a lot of the fishing on the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube is done right in your backyard here so you can pick up some tips on that. Now, is Dan Jacobs available? I am here, sir. Now, I want your expert opinion, which will mean nothing until they start playing, but the draft is pretty much over. Free agency is pretty much over. Everybody will sign some undrafted free agents, and there'll be some veterans that will end up on teams. But as you look out at what they've done and where they're at, and I know we're having a crystal ball effect here, where's the biggest roster hole yet for the Broncos? The biggest roster hole. Oh, I say pass rusher. Um, I, I don't think I don't think they have any effective pass rush right now. But I, it's also offensive line, and still the until the offensive line proves it's not a complete liability. I don't believe it. Every year we they they sign these free agents and say, "Oh, we fixed it," and every year we're disappointed. So those are probably the two most glaring things uh, in this league. Probably the most important things because if you can't protect your quarterback, you're in trouble. And if you can't get to the quarterback, you're in trouble. And right now, those are glaring weaknesses for the Broncos. I have to kind of agree with you because. I've been watching football. I saw my first live football game more years ago than you were even alive. That's true. Um, and it, way back into the 60s and all the way through now, we talk about the changes in the offense, more passing, and, and offenses cycle, passing, running. But when you get to the end of the year, very seldom are teams successful if they're not winning in the trenches. Uh, almost every great team is built from the trenches out. Hundred percent, absolutely, and that's been a huge issue for the Broncos over the course of the last six, seven years. I mean, they've had actually longer than that as far as the offensive line goes. They won a championship despite having a very terrible offensive line that last year. That Peyton Manning and that offense was, you know, very bad to be honest with you. Um, but they had a great once in a lot, you know, once in a generation type defense, and they were able to get a Super Bowl victory out of it. But even back then. Was that eight, nine years ago? The offensive line was atrocious and it hasn't been good since then, and they've paid the price. And now what we're seeing is Bradley Chubb's gone, and Bradley Chubb wasn't very good anyway, but Bradley Chubb's gone, Von Miller's gone, Randy Gregory is supposed to be the answer. He's been nothing so far. So they really don't have much there. They're kind of saying, well, if Baron Browning and Nick Benito maybe can, you know, come up and develop like we want them to, then maybe we'll have something. Outside of that, they're just expecting mediocre guys to play at an elite level. Right. And I'll make one more comment, too. Back when they won that Super Bowl, and I love Gary Kubiak as a person, and I think he's a, I've gotten to know him over the years. I haven't for a long time. But I thought he made a terrible mistake when he tried to fit Peyton Manning into his offense for Peyton's last year. I thought they won the Super Bowl in spite of that, not because of it. And so there's some things that have well, been John, done wrong. Part of I got to close John this Elway. out. You can talk Hold more on. about that when I get you to the top John of the El hour. But just saying, John Elway kind of gave some marching orders on that as well. He was tired of scoring all those points and then getting embarrassed in the playoffs. All right. By the way, you can I agree with more. you guys. All you right. guys do need to do more food all segments. All right. We need to, uh, folks, follow Wickstrom and Dobrith to our music entity. <clears throat> and tune in every Saturday from 9 to 11. Thank you to... Dante in the studio for Karen for putting this together. We'll let the Eagles take us to Dan Jacobs and Sports on 104.3 The Fan.